For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Um, today, I wanted to talk about, you figured a lot of stuff out the first year of business. It was, it was like fucking wild, wild west. And yeah. I was just talking, I was, we were just talking on the internal podcast today about, and it's in this book, Blitzscaling, which is oh, I've read it. fucking Reed fantastic. Reed Hoffman's amazing. Reed Hoffman. One of my idols. And he talks about, you know, you're a piracy and just no rules, raiding ships, doing whatever the fuck you want to do. And you eventually have to become the Navy. Mm-hmm. You guys have made that transition in the past two years. You've become more of a Navy because that's what resonates with the mining industry. And that's how you get in with these big mining companies. And But there were a lot of good sound principles in that piracy period as well that mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies can learn from. So I wrote them all down and I sent them out to our partners. Like this guy had some things fucking figured out here that uh, no one else had figured out before this. And uh, do with this what you will. I, I, don't, I don't care if you think this is right or not, but this is like one of the most interesting case studies in the dirt world period. It worked out pretty well for the most part. Um, and then I, I shared it with Dan and Dan was like, why don't you just have Keaton on to talk about it? I was like, hmm, that's actually a pretty good idea. So I want to talk about kind of those principles early days. And then we can talk about the hell you guys have going on because i honestly don't have any clue what you guys have going on right yeah, now. yeah i mean it's it's um i noticed dan blazarian just came out with a book Did and he? yeah and oh it, boy it uh <laughs> i think rogan or somebody you know pitched it maybe rogan has the forward and i i can't remember but it's it's about that period of his life and he's i think and i haven't read the book i don't follow dan so i don't know but it's what you're talking about to live through what we did in the first few years, especially the first year, um, you know, if, if you'd have told me we'd have done all that and been where we are today or even been still in business today, I, I don't know that I'd have believed you, but it's, um, it was necessary. And I think, you know, when you talk or when you, when you read anything that, that Reed Hoffman says or writes, uh, his podcast is amazing. Sure. Um, you have to go through that. When, when you don't have anything, we had no brand. I had no clients. We had no employees. You have to do something insane. You have to do something crazy. You, you guys did that. But within a one year, everybody and their mother knew who the hell you guys were in the dirt world, which is no one's ever done. That's not ever happened before in the dirt world, which is why I think it was so effective because it was so completely counter the traditional dirt yeah. world logic that everybody couldn't help but to what the fuck what are these guys doing yeah you I, I don't know if you agree with this or not but instagram five years ago and linkedin five years ago was manhattan real estate 100 years ago yeah organic reach is not anywhere near what it was five years ago no when you talk about you know people doing something cool on linkedin now or on instagram now if you were trying to do build with now from scratch, mm-hmm. it'd be so much harder. Yeah. If, if I were trying to pitch TMG on, on Instagram or LinkedIn now, as opposed to five years ago, the reach isn't there. Well, and I think that's uh, like, you guys were a part of it. We've been a part of it. We, like when I started out, I saw what you guys, what, what you were doing initially with TCI. 
Yeah. You know, like way back, way back, way back. before the Turner Mining Group days. With Dr. Dre beats on the- <laughs> No, but it was, it was good shit. It was, you were this young guy in the mining industry laying out, laying, I like, I miss the old school yeah. Keaton, like laying out, here's exactly how I bid this job. Yeah. And I, I was got like, in trouble like, for that one. Well, <laughs> well, but I was looking, I was like, this is, this is crazy because you can't find this shit anywhere else. And then I looked at kind of what I had going, I'm like, whoa, there's this, there's really no storytelling here. But now, after doing it for four years, it's kind of, it hasn't totally made caught on, but yeah, there's way more companies doing it today yeah. than there were four years ago. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was on another podcast the other day as a guest and I, and I said, you know, and I, and I actually kind of pitched you. I'm like, people weren't showing Dirt World stuff five years ago. Yeah. It, you, you couldn't even get a camera onto a site without getting slapped for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and me also with with where I worked and who I worked for, they didn't want information out. They didn't want bidding information out. Not that it is even sensitive information, but that's the way they grew up, right? Yeah. That you you protect what little piece of pie is yours. And, you know, I think you've seen a lot of companies put it all out there, be super vulnerable, and they've reached a lot more people with that strategy than to try to keep everything close to the chest. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you guys have been so successful in what you're doing. I mean, people want to hear the story. It's, it's the 30 for 30s. You know, it's the behind the scenes stuff on Netflix. You know, yeah. it, that stuff does better than the headline stuff that, you know, people put out. So I don't know. We just really leaned into that. No secrets, transparency, being vulnerable. Um, well, so I, I, have a, I have a list here and I'm going to run it by you okay. to see how accurate I am. Um, so, and I, I called this kind of, ter- you know, Turner Mining's early playbook. And this is all public oh, this information. Is, this based is going to on- be ugly. No, no. So, so <clears throat> Keaton Turner led the charge. So the, the highest level must be bought in and vocal. Mm-hmm. It starts with the top. And you've, like I said, but even before Turner Mining Group, you were showing people how the sausage is made. And you've, you've, you've been a little, you've been a little quieter. Yeah. You know, the past, There's, past we we get into that. There's reasons for that. I'm, yeah. well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is again, like first year, yeah. but you were, you were out there leading the charge. Um, they positioned themselves as David versus Goliath, yeah. which, you know, potentially to your, to your detriment, but as a young, as a younger business, you, you have to be taking on some oh, absolutely. bigger challenge, but then there's that transitional period where you have to become more Navy than pirate. Yep. Um, let's see, uh, they had a clearly defined higher purpose. So people were showing up to work and they weren't just a haul truck driver. They were part of something bigger than them. They shared everything on social media, openly addressed their failures. You know, you showed if a Volvo truck burned. Yeah. No, oh, that was, you take happened. a picture of it and show it and yeah. Hey, this is what happened. Uh, it, which is like, that's something has never been done in the industry. Yeah. Well, it, telling stories, one thing, but, but showing a fuck up like that on the internet. Well, and it's, it's funny because the largest mining companies in the world catch haul trucks on fire. All the time. They flip them over. You know, people die. It's, there, are, there are things that happen. And, and, you know, looking back three years ago or four years ago, however long ago that's been, not long enough. Um, could we do that now and do it in the same way? I don't know. That, I mean, part of the reason why you've seen me be quiet lately on social media is because and I see it with these big companies, right? When you're small, when you're, when you're David and there's the hundred year old Goliaths yeah. that you want to go conquer, David has nothing to lose. Goliath's got everything to lose. Sure. These big old companies have built something. They've built a reputation. They've got everything to lose. Uh, over the last five years, we've built a reputation and we have a lot more to lose now than we did. So now I also, I, I want to stay true to our roots I don't want to lose that. I want to stay scrappy. I want to stay transparent. Um, but I can see why these big companies don't embrace a failure like that. Either way, it's going to show up on Mining Mayhem. Uh, the, well, that's the It's thing. going to show up somewhere, right? <laughs> well, some employee is going to take a picture of it and send it to their buddies. Yeah. You know, lean into the failures, though. Lean into yeah. them. I and mean, we've, we've made a million of them. Sure. You know, and so I think the more transparent, the more honest we can be, the more people buy into it. It's not that. Turner Mining is so good, they never make a mistake. Yeah. It's that Turner Mining is just like every other company. They make mistakes, but we're going to share them. We're going to learn from them. We're not going to hide them, sweep them under the rug. It doesn't do anybody any good to do that. Sure. 
I think I think that's key. Um, let's see here. You created an entry point into uh, into the industry with no prior experience, which I think is key. Yeah. And that was Rock Truck Driver. Yeah. Um, they made working in the dirt world fun. Going to going to your guys' sites, it was just yeah, a blast. We had, we had good time. Um, prioritized attitude over experience. They publicly recognized individuals for their hard work and success. You guys were calling people out. You know, yeah. hey, here's the big so and so. Yeah, big checks. Um, offered plenty of upward mobility, which was where it worked with you and probably against you at the same time. Yeah. You know, just getting ahead of yourself. A, learned a million yeah, lessons there. Promoting people that probably shouldn't. Oh you know, yeah. Shouldn't have been moving up too quick. Yeah. Uh full-time recruiter to focus on your craft workforce, mm -hmm. which is just a no-brainer. And I don't understand why people don't do more of that. Heavily invested in marketing and storytelling. Combined experienced miners with young hungry bucks. Uh invested in newest, the newest iron available. You wanted new, nice, pretty stuff. Yeah. And they empowered uh their people. You empowered your people to share online themselves from their perspectives. Mm -hmm. And you weren't all that nervous about what they were sharing. Yeah. I mean, and you've seen it, you know, especially on Instagram, but people are going to share all kinds of crazy things, right? Yeah. Especially the disgruntled employees, you know, the glass door reviews, um, you know, it, again, it goes back to transparency. I want our folks to share not only the good, but also the bad. And I think in doing that, it makes people realize when they do share the good, it's not them even being salesy or anything like that. Um, you know, it's, you get so much more market buy-in. And when we started, I wanted the, I wanted all the oxygen in the room. I wanted all the attention. Same with you, right? We you, fall. You, yeah. We, we got it. Yeah. We yeah. follow a lot of the same people, a lot of the same strategies and tactics and how you get attention is shiny pickup trucks, right? Okay. So do I want to go put a, a brand new F-150 shiny truck on a mine site today? after living through five years of putting shiny trucks? Well, probably not, but it built a brand, right? Sure. It got people talking. Um, there's all kinds of little bitty things that we've lived through, promoting kids too young. I, every time I go speak somewhere, I tell stories of Albert, you know, you've met Albert, yeah. employee number one, training and teaching young guys, and then us promoting the young guys and the young guys failing and some of them leaving to go to other jobs. It's, I mean, you just, you learn so much by doing it. Um, every single one of those steps that you just read, um, spot on. I, they, I spent some time thinking through it. I was like, how, so how did they do that? And, and, and like I said, some of them worked with you and against you. Like, yeah. Like promoting people quickly and creating those. I think they've all worked for us at one time yeah. and against us at another time. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've seen it more in the last year and a half than we've ever seen it. It's been the, the last really probably 12 months has been the hardest in our business. Um, we had to grow up um, and, you, and you've seen it, right? Um, I loved posting. I'm a firearm enthusiast, right? I love posting guns on Instagram and being one of the guys and getting DMs from all of our employees. I love that. It was getting to the point though, where I was going to say one wrong thing, or I was going to, I was going to promise an employee something. And when I do that, I just circumnavigate the whole management team that I've put in place, expensive people, good people, because the owner DM'd a dozer operator and I, you know, Oh, Keaton Turner said I could do this. It just, it's, it was time for us to grow up because we wanted to enter in a different segment of the market. You can't enter that segment by being the cool Instagram kids. Sure. You know, cool yeah. Instagram kids is fine. It was a, it was a phase, uh, just like pink hair in high school is a phase or whatever. But at some point as a company, you've got to grow up and it's tough, man. It's, it's not, you know, it's like the transition from 18 senior year of high school that summer before college you get to college, you go have a good time, fine, whatever. That first summer out of college where it's, you know, you're working and it's real life and, mm -hmm. you know, the buddies are working. It's, it's tough to grow up, but it's, I mean, it's necessary. And I think every, there's a, there's a book called Life, Cy life Cycles of, um, of a Business or something. I'm, I'm botching the name, but it talks about these life cycles. And they're all, each cycle is a prerequisite to the next one. 
And there's, you know, there's a, there's a point where these companies get to prime and you can't get to prime without going through all the, the pain you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. You get, I mean, it, it was, it's been a lot of, a lot of, I've, I've just been watching it from the outside. Like I don't, yeah. I don't really talk to anybody at the company these days. I've just been watching it. And we've been going through our own issues. We're like, right now we're really growing up and it was, and at least my approach was fuck everybody, you know, yeah. this and that, like you guys are idiots. This is where the, this is where the future is. And I might be right, but I can't tell those people to go fuck themselves because yeah. they're still very valuable and important in the industry. So it's, uh, I've had to take a lot of steps back and be like, yeah, it's hard as a young guy too, though. Like you're, totally. you're a young CEO running a big business. Same with me. No, no one, no one teaches a young CEO, especially a founder, how to do this, right? Yeah. It's different if you're second or third generation company and you watch somebody do this for a number of years, no one told you how to act. So when you, and I know you and I have got a little bit of a history, but when, when, when a client fires you, you want to say, you know, you want to flip them the bird and say, hey, you know, it, as you do that, and as you burn bridges, you learn, and I've learned so many lessons. I mean, I've burned bridges. I, we were going to buy this 374 excavator one time, and right at the last minute, the guy put like 20, this is a big company, this is a big Caterpillar dealer. He put like $20,000 in interest on it because it was an RPO machine. And I'm like, oh, screw that. I'm going to go buy it from Carter. I hung up the phone, called Carter, bought a 374, and they had it on site the next day. And I, I, I pissed a guy off that I liked yeah. for, just for my own <laughs> ego. Just so I could show Jake and Patton, yeah. I can make a phone call. Yeah, you're the man. Kill one day. And yeah. And yeah, sure, you feel cool in the moment. And then, and then a year or two, three, three years later, you're like, that was, you just got to grow up. And the only way to do it, I think, is by living through it. Sure. So no more uh, guns and whiskey on, on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> At least not on that account. I might have to start a separate one. But, you know, <laughs> the Instagram things, and I figured you'd ask, because um, Patton told me here about a month ago, he said, the last Instagram post you made was the most corporate BS thing I've ever seen. I don't ever want to see that from you again. It's, it's different. And I respect you so much for being as um, edgy as you are. And, and you're, you're still younger than I am, but you still have more of an attitude in the way you guys do things than, yeah. what, than what we do. Um, the last three or four management folks we've added to the team have been doing it for longer than I've been alive. Yeah. So those guys don't resonate with the edgy attitude thing. The people that we're trying to go add to the staff who really help us grow up, they love the brand. They love the opportunities. They love, you know, what we're hoping to go do in the industry. But you can't have that attitude and still get to where we want to go. And so I, I really struggle with Instagram particularly because I just know what I want to say. Um, the arguments I want. I was just on LinkedIn the other night and somebody left a salty comment about our Komatsu gear. Like Komatsu, really, you did it. You bought from a Japanese company like, like WTF. Mm-hmm. I wanted so bad to respond. I actually had a message written out. And I just thought, you know what? I'm above that now. I, I don't need to do that. Sure. You know? So it's, it's kind of a want and a need thing. And I, I want to do Instagram probably for my own ego, but I don't need to do it. We don't, we don't recruit on Instagram anymore like we used to. Um, we don't use it for sales like we used to. You know, we just, Instagram's more of a fun thing now than a necessity like it was five years ago. I, Dan has really helped me out with the whole social media thing because he always, I'll know what rooms I'm supposed to be in and what conversations I have no business being in. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, there's, there's those people that, And which is kind of the class company we're starting to work with, these much bigger companies that have 1,000, 2,000 people, far larger than anything else we've ever done. They don't necessarily resonate with what I have going on, but yet it clearly resonates with a significant audience. And he always says, he's like, I don't have millions of people figuring out or or listening in on what what I have to say. So there's still value there. And it's like, okay, sure, senior leadership doesn't really value this, but your biggest problem is not senior leadership. Your biggest problem is entry level. Your biggest problem is 
entry-level management, middle-level management, those are all the people I talk to every single day of the week. Yeah. And it's going to matter more and more and more and more. But also, they're not making the decisions today. And you still have to appeal to that group that is. Yeah. And I've had to step back and say, hey, I have no business being involved in this conversation because they don't relate to me. I don't relate to them. Yeah. I'm going to say something stupid if I'm here. So I'm going to get the hell out of here. Yeah. I'm going to go to a job site, fuck off. And I'm going to let the, the adults do the business. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough mental transition to make. I mean, it's, you know, you're spot on with your analysis because if we were going to run a company the way we had three or four years ago, where we hire people, send them all across the country, short-term jobs, and it's kind of a nomadic lifestyle for our young guys, we need Instagram. We've shifted to, we want to now be long-term mining partners and invest in a community. Mm-hmm. 75 plus percent of the people we hire are local to the site. Yeah. Whereas before it was 90 plus percent of the people were, you know, kind of transient in and out, living in hotels. And so um, we're not reaching the locals via Instagram. You're going to laugh because I know how you think about marketing. We're spending money on radio ads sure. and billboards. If you'd have told me that five years ago, I just said, well, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, that's not the kind of, um, I'm a sales guy. I'm a marketing guy. But you would be shocked to know what a radio ad does in Billings, Montana, mm-hmm. you know, and what kind of people you can get to, to call your phone and say, hey, I, you know, I'm interested in what you guys are doing. So it's, um, if, if, I, if I let my ego get the best of me, I would be, um, I would be on Instagram. I would be very flamboyant. I'd be loud. I'd be all the things I want to do. It would not help our mission. Sure. It would not help us grow up. And, and quite frankly, uh, if I'm being real transparent, I don't think it helps our team at all. I don't think me on Instagram saying the things that I really want to say helps our team mature at all. I think it, I think it probably keeps our team a little bit spiteful, maybe a little bit more of a chip on our shoulder than we really need anymore. Um, probably a little bit more of an attitude and a little bit more of a punk thing. You know, it's, it's a tough trend. And we're not, by the way, we're not out of the woods on this transition yet, yeah. right? We've been lucky to, to have some clients, some, some big clients and win some big contracts. And, and um, we really transitioned. We've added some amazing talent to the team uh, that I'm really excited about. But we've got to continue to make those steps. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a very tough process that you have to be committed to when you do it, because you've seen our organization turn over, right? All the management folks that you knew, probably mm-hmm. personal, a lot of them personally, yeah. two years ago, I don't know that any of them are still there. Mm-hmm. Patton, uh, the young stud, Jake, we call Jake the cockroach because we can't kill him. You know, sure. he just celebrated three years. Uh, but everybody else, you know, we've, We've, we've turned them over for one reason or another, and it's because of this growing up. Um, so it'd be a lot of fun to stay an Instagram company, though. Maybe my next company is just, well, we just do that. And there still is value with social. I think, I, I think you've overcorrected a little too much, in yeah. my opinion. I think it's, you were way over here. Then you, like what Patton just said, all right, you're Mr. Corporate now. Yeah. And I still think there is value to it even if you're recruiting in a place like Billings, Montana. Yeah. Because social, like everybody's still on their phones. So if they hear a radio ad for Turner Mining Group and they've been seeing Turner Mining Group for three months on social media, boom, yeah. there we go. I, 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 it's, it, it still blows me away. The reach, I was, I was in Saudi Arabia and one of the excavator operators in the middle of fucking nowhere, he pulled up Instagram. First post was my post. Is that right? Yes. That's crazy. And he doesn't speak English. He's on halfway around the world in the middle of absolutely nowhere running a 349. He's sitting there looking at my shit. And I had an immediate connection with him. And I was, he, was, he was stoked to have us there. We were taking pictures of him. He's getting out of his machine. He's, he's posing. We're, we're taking his picture, making him look like a badass. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's that level of connection that would never be there otherwise. Even if I'm not... Like, even if I'm not trying to get something out of all this with my business, I think there's still tremendous value there. Oh, there is. And, and um, I think the challenge, at least for guys like me, 
and maybe somewhat you. I mean, you, your business revolves much more around it than ours does, at least at this point. But the challenge for guys like me in social media is where is the fine line? Like, where's the where's the perfect recipe? Yeah, for just enough attitude and fun. Well, it's constantly changing too, it, it, <laughs> and the environment changes, right? I mean, of course, I, I don't really care about cancel culture and. I don't really want to get political and argue with some idiot. Like I couldn't care. Like you vote how you want. I'll vote how I want. I don't have time to argue, but there, you can put some flavor or some of that spice into your personal social media. I just haven't taken the time to figure all that out. Sure. I I think there will be a time where we do. Uh, I think you'll see some cool stuff out of us this year um, that gets us maybe a little less corporate-y. But, but you also have to, as a company, I think you have to really quickly adjust to what customers are saying they want. And the customers that we started getting a lot of attention from in the last 12 months, as we brought some of these legit people on, they, they never come out and say it, but they are really interested in mature professional services companies. Mm-hmm. And so we have to listen a little bit to what the market's telling us. And so you've seen me really take a step back. The company used to revolve around me. Sure. And I have a big enough ego to where I named it after me. Yeah. Similar to you. Yeah. No offense. One of the uh, stupidest yeah. business decisions I've made. I, it, was, it was the dumbest business yeah. for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but if I could go back and do anything <laughs> over, it would be not name it after me. Um, just say it's your dad's company. Yeah. <laughs> Most people think it anyway, right? And, and it's just, but... You have to really listen to what your customers want and who do they want to do business with. Our customers, the big clients we're serving right now, I've not met hardly any of them. Yeah. Me personally. I look 22 years old still. I can't grow facial hair, right? I, so for me to take a step back and the company not necessarily to revolve around my image or my social presence or whatever has been a really good thing. Now, maybe I come out of the ashes in two years and I'm like Joe Rogan and I'm very loud and boisterous again. And that draws another crowd. Who knows? We just got to listen to our customers at that point. But people like Joe Rogan, you know, you, you follow Andy um, for sell. He hasn't posted in forever on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He does the stories. Sure. But I think his last post is over a year old. Yeah. You know, so that's probably because of shadow banning and all that, um, which separate issue well he said he's going on to his he's building his own platform right yeah. now and is just totally in fuck this mode yeah i uh and we're we're in that we're in that intermediate period right now where we just talked about this this morning too build what used to be me i was built with yeah and now we have you know over 50 full-time people we're going to you know 100 plus this year and it's not me anymore and i need to and that's we're Again, just talking about this, separate. I need to separate my personal brand. Yeah. So I do still have a little wiggle room mm-hmm. and still can say some things that I want to say in a tactful way, but aren't necessarily totally representative of BuildWit. Yeah. So, so there's just a little degree of separation there between the two so that we can, because we do serve, I want to say a lot of shit. I want to say, fuck you, fuck this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we do serve very conservative, very conservative industries. Yep. And I want to, you know, mining is incredibly conservative oh, yeah. compared Still to construction. Very, yeah. Absolutely. Because it's, it's, it's mining has dramatically consolidated over the past decades and it's ridiculously capitally intensive. And so it's just these massive multinational behemoths that really yep. control majority of the entire marketplace. Yeah. Whereas in construction, it's so, it's still so fragmented yeah. that you can get away with a lot more. Well, it's, you know, I'll never apologize for my love of firearms and my love of freedom and my love of bourbon and all these things. But I took all my firearm pictures down and not because I'm apologizing for it, but because I don't, I don't want some executive at a big company saying, looking at my profile and saying, oh, this guy is probably a little bit too much out there and it costing us a hundred million dollar contract. Well, that's what people were saying. Yeah. And I was scratching my head. I was like, I go, all right, you guns. Bourbon, this and that. But I was scratching my head. I was like, I don't know. I don't see what his play is here. But <laughs> you know, it was it was it was purely platonic. It was just fun. Yeah, it was, yeah, and yeah. and you wouldn't believe, you know, especially when I've done four at the time four years of equipment posts. When when I did the first gun or bourbon or cigar, whatever it was, and it was not business related, people went crazy. I got more messages over that than anything mm-hmm. because I was human. I was real. Right. I was someone they could yeah. relate to. 
when you're a CEO or a founder or someone that is appearing to run a big company, people can't relate to that as well. Joe Rogan's very relatable because of all the human stuff you see. Sure. You know, and so I don't know. I, I think, you know, people need to pick their battles. And um, I, it just wasn't a battle, at least at this stage, where it's just not a battle I need to fight. You know, it, the value that it brings me now personally, it, one of the worst things that I experienced was when I had more followers on my Keaton Turner Instagram mm -hmm. than our company had. Sure. That's when I knew we have an issue. You know, if, if the company revolves around me and I die or I go crazy, I lose it or something, you know, I want this company to live on. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, I've stepped back into the shadows. We've got a lot. I don't, you don't even see me on site that much right now. Uh, I went to a site here a while back and people just kind of stop what they're doing. And they think of you as like a mythical creature. I mean, how many people walked up to you and like, this is Aaron Witt. Well, the, this is famous guy. The, everybody plays it cool out in the field because they're all, but, but so we have an, an internal podcast and we, we, people we've, we've, I think we've hired 13 people this year so far and onboarded 13 people. I think we've hired more by now. I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. So they come in and listen to the internal podcast and I, I call everybody once they come in they've settled down a little bit. Hey, how you doing? Just here to shoot the poop. And, and multiple of them said, whoa, it's just so weird to be talking to you right now because I've been listening to you for weeks now yeah. on the podcast and this is just weird. And I'm sitting there like, I don't I just don't even know what to do with that information, how yeah. to process them. Like, yeah. You're just like, a normal guy. Thank you. I, I, yeah. That's cool. I don't, I don't, I'm just like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a fucking idiot. And I just don't know what to do with that. I was on a call last night via, via Microsoft Teams or Zoom or something owner of a big company up in Canada um, and, and one of his guys and his guys said, man, I feel like I'm talking to someone famous, like a social media influencer. And I was like, you know what? If that's what I'm remembered for, yeah. I got to stop everything I'm doing right yeah. now and go do something totally different. Every time I'm called an influencer, it's just like, yeah, it's, just, I don't make any money on social media. That's what social media influencers do. I'm building a damn business here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so, uh, you guys bought a bunch of Komatsus or, or yeah, yeah, we deal, bought them deal with road. We, you know, it, it's one of those inflection points. Um, it's, you know, and I, I think business and life are so similar, right. Where, uh, you get out on one knee and you ask a girl to marry you and you're with them for the rest of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big moment in life. Uh, we were at the stage where, and we had a couple contracts, uh, that Ben actually was, uh, involved in some in the past. and. We had a couple contracts where we were right on the verge of buying big fleets, um, big dollar contracts. It just, the chips never fell quite right. This one they did. It's a great client. Um, it's down in Arizona starting up a, a new mine. Uh, it's actually an existing mine that it's restarting. Um, yeah, and Komatsu put together a heck of a package. They had trucks available. Sure. Um, yeah, no one else you has. Know, Try getting a 777 right now. Good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah, they brought... I forget how many they had. Um, another company got three of them. The guy I talked to last night up in Canada, he bought five of them. Uh, and we got 10 of them. They're the last trucks that they're going to have for a while. Nice. Um, bought a loader from them. We bought a Hitachi Ho. Um, but Was yeah, that I mean, 1200 Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We'll come let you bang tailgates. Well, those trucks don't have tailgates. Yeah. So you can't bang tailgates. No problem. Um, but you, you got to commit. And uh, for a five-year-old company to do something like that, um, without even my ego involved, it's a, it's a big deal to go fight something like that. It's, it's very similar to what you guys are going through, right? It's, yeah. you've got you've to make the jump. I've talked to some really wealthy people and they've said they've got their wealth by betting the farm several times. And their bet- There's you know, just, everybody's so, they want to do it in this, they want, they want, they want the safe, safe way of doing things. And they yeah. want to limit their, like my, my dad, bless his heart, he, he is a, is a lawyer and he is trained to just everything he does, just limit his yeah. liability, limit yeah. liability. Risk, limit, risk avert. And that's why I don't listen to a lot of business, his business advice. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm sending it right now. Yeah. And you are a genius at law. And that's very helpful to me in a lot of cases. And it's helped me think how lawyers think, but it also says, you know, like I have to ignore a lot of it because if I listen to everything you said, I wouldn't have a business yeah. because 
this is just inherently risky. You've got to be insane. I mean, to do what you've done uh, and to do really anything from scratch, you have to be a little bit insane. You can't make the most calculated decisions every single time. You've got to live in the gray sometimes. You've got to take a risk. It's all gray. Now, you, you know, do the right math, right? Trust me, there's been plenty of contracts. We did the wrong math or we picked the wrong partner or the wrong client. Um, but do the right math, you know, make it a calculated risk, but make a risk. And uh, I, I can tell you all the risks we've taken over the last five years. There's, there, was a, there was a contract we lost. We probably lost two million bucks over, over the life of the project uh, and learned a lot from it. Would I go back and love to have saved that two million bucks? Sure. It doesn't work that way. You learn the lessons. You take them with you. You don't lose that money on the next one. And the only way to build a business is by learning, trying, failing, learning, trying, winning a couple. Um, it, it's just you, you can't start a business or buy a business never take a risk and do anything amazing. Well, but it's even, it's even bigger than that. It's, you can't have a, a great career, no matter what you do, without taking risks, without trying things out. Like this kid this morning, he asked, you know, should I go be an EIT and engineer at a, at a public or, uh, a, you know, a municipality or should I go work in construction? Here's the pros and cons. I mean, I don't know, try both of them. And maybe, maybe one's risky, maybe, or, or hey, maybe you're in a good job right now, but you're miserable and it is risky to leave. But that potential there is so much more. I mean, everybody we're hiring right now is, yeah, hey, it's way riskier to work for us than this, this company that you're working for that's been in business for 50 years and yeah. is worth billions of dollars. Absolutely. But you know, you're not like you have a clear lid on your jar right now yeah. and you are rubbing up against top of it. And that is where you will be the rest of your career. Or you can come over here. Sure, it's risky. Is it? That risky though? Not really, because if this whole thing blows up, you can go find another job anywhere. Right. And let's try something, and let's try to create something substantial here. So yeah. it's sure in business, absolutely, but I think it's it's really anybody. Well, there's two kinds of uh, regrets. There's the kind of regret where you regret doing something, or you regret not doing something. I would rather do something, regret it, than not ever do anything. And, and look back on my life and think, man, there are so many things I could have tried and you never know how it works out, Yeah, right? I, I left something that was a very comfortable job with the family business, with people I loved uh, to do something absolutely insane. Um, had I known how hard it would be, you know, then I probably wouldn't have done it, but you have to, you have to take a risk. You have to try it, you know? You, you, I can't tell you how many awesome people we deal with that work for big companies that are super smart, five times smarter than guys like me that are stuck in that company will always be stuck in that company. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're going to, you know, 65 rolls around. They're going to retire. Yeah. That's the dream, right? Everybody gets to retire and sure. they're going to look back and think, man, I didn't do what I, you know, my time, my time is out, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't do what I thought I was going to do, you know? So I don't want that kind of regret. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's interesting seeing you guys going up to the, the bigger leaks too, because you guys have fooled everybody into thinking that articulated trucks is contract mining and is mining Yeah, with a Volvo 750. That's like, that's mass excavation. Sure. You're operating on mines and you're technically it's mine services, but you and I both know the, the world of mining is, yeah okay, cool. Like that's a, like, why would I buy anything but a D11? You yeah. know, it, like, and you're buying D11s by you know, the case yeah. by the dozen. And, and it's just like we the drag lines we were just at, they move 25 million yards each per year. Yeah. 140,000 yards in a 24 hour period. They're capable. Yeah. That's, that's big time. And that's the big world. And to compete in that big world, it's bigger risk, bigger equipment, more capital. Yeah. It's funny when you talk to real mining people and, and it's it, the market is so big Mining is so old, arguably the oldest industry that's out there. Mm -hmm. When you talk to people in different segments of the industry, right? There's, there's, there's quarries, gravel, sand, sand and gravel pits. Um, there's big copper mines. There's massive coal mines, right? Yeah. You, you talk to people, 100-ton trucks aren't mining trucks, right? Those no. are rock trucks. No. You want a mining truck, like we're talking 240-ton trucks, 400-ton yeah. truck, you know? So 
It's so funny. Uh, and then, of course, you talk to construction guys, a 45-ton articulated truck's a big truck. Mm-hmm. So it's all in, you know, you got to put it in perspective. It's all relative. Um, it's, I don't care who you are or how much money you're worth. It's all expensive. A 45-ton cat yeah. is an expensive truck. You know, it's three times as expensive as a really nice Porsche. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're putting 18 to 24-year-old kids in them uh, and training them. Um, you know, it's, I'm telling you right now, if I could go back and do anything, um, I would probably choose an easier job, an easier industry, but I don't know that I'd ever be as fulfilled. Mining is just, it's, it, you're the first person to touch that mineral or that piece of coal or that piece of rock yeah. that's going to go into building something. You're the first human to ever touch it. The coal that those guys were uncovering last week, North America. Those, those guys are the first people to touch that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I've yeah. got a shark's tooth. It's, I don't know, probably four inches tall. We found it 80 feet deep, 100 miles from the ocean. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know how old the thing is. The professor said it was 40 million years old. Sure. It's been underground for 40 million years. You know, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Well, and you're digging it all up to support the entirety of society. Yeah. Like, people don't understand how dependent they are on mine. People don't understand that mining is still a thing. They think it's just this old school thing that is just this dying industry that like you want to talk electric cars or like I talked to the, this, this big gold mining CEO, um, David Garofalo. He was, he led the big gold merger in Nevada gold. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the guy, the guy's a big time deal. And his point was, okay, cool. You want to do this whole green energy thing that doesn't happen without mining right that's all of that is is materials and resources yeah. and okay cool you want to build an infinite amount of solar panels yeah so do you just plant like a solar panel seed and a solar panel sprouts out yeah. in the middle of the desert and you're good no yeah wind no. farms yeah everything that's in a windmill right where do you think that stuff comes from and then yeah and then you want to you want like like a tesla for example I mean, they were he was talking to joe rogan the other day he's like they don't even think they have enough. If you wanted to just replace all cars with Teslas, all electric cars, they don't even know if there's enough materials to do that. Which is a good question. People think this stuff is just yeah. made up. No, yeah. it all comes out of the ground somewhere. Yeah, I know. And, and I think, you know, there is a middle ground. There is responsible, clean mining. There, there is, you know, ways we can do this better. I think a lot of it has to do with the social act. Everyone's talking in, in mining, everyone's talking about ESG. I think the S is the forgotten part of ESG, the social aspect. Like mm-hmm. th- it takes human capital that companies should be investing in to get all this done. When we think we're going to, you know, make all these trucks like robots that drive themselves and load themselves, and pe- you just take the people thing out of it, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think companies that don't really consider the social part of it, training, investing in the local community, investing in, I think, you know, young kids, there should be a video game for mining. There should X, Xbox, PS2. How fun would it be to be on a, a gaming system and it's all mining simulation sure. and it's productivity. We don't teach these young kids this stuff, yeah. you know? so. But to make it cool, people would need to die. And that's not cool with the mining industry. No, it's not cool. Um, but, you know, you could put other KPIs besides death <laughs> in there. Maybe, you know, hey, like, can we hit a thousand yards an hour on this loader? Uh, like, you know, make, make there some thresholds to get above. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fun industry. It's, um, it's challenging. Um, but the people in it, I think, are so underrepresented and underappreciated. I mean, the stuff you guys are doing, even just going to the coal mines out there. Um, before you guys came on the scene five years ago, nobody was giving those people a voice. Mm-hmm. No one was saying, hey, you can go be a welder and make a ton of money. You know, you don't have to. People were embarrassed that they didn't go to college and had to go put overalls on and work outside. Like now it's cool. Yeah. Like walk in this office and seeing these pictures of these guys, that is cool. This is a hipster fun place. And you've got pictures of people on the wall that decided not to go to college. Yeah. I love that. I think we need a lot more of that. Well, in the, the coal mines, we just went to North American Coal. We asked, so do you have a hiring problem? No, not really. Do you have a turnover problem? No, not really. 
these are the best jobs in the state. How much? How much does everybody make? R- really? Yeah. Like as a truck? Yeah. What? Wh- yeah. Huh? Oh, I know. That is. And then you have seven days off every so often, and like you're only technically working half of the year. Are you? This is. This is a good gig. Oh, I know. It's it's amazing how many how many young folks will come out of college this year, come out of college with a degree and make half the amount of money that some of our people are operating equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not talking people that have been operating for 30 years and are you know way up on this. I'm talking like entry level folks making twice as much money as someone with a degree. Yeah. And probably, you know, a, a lot less stressed. Um, I, I had, I, ha- I would have to imagine uh, a lot less stressed than some people trying to climb the corporate ladder. But, you know, it's to each their own. I just think um, our industry is so underrepresented. And one of the things I wanted to do when I first started was make mining sexy, make it cool. That's half the reason we started, um, you know, the Instagram thing. The other half was just get people to apply. But making mining sexy is not that hard. It takes a camera telling a little bit of a story around it and showing it to the world. That's it. It wasn't being shown to the world prior yeah. to the last five years. Well, that's, I, 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 yeah. And everybody's like, we need to, we need to make the trades cool again. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, have you looked at what we do? It's pretty damn cool. It's awesome. Have you looked at this equipment? Have you looked at some, yeah, you know, yesterday I was at a steel mill and there was a, it was a 20 year old kid, you know, with, with a torch cutting some chains off a 988 tire to change. I'm like, this is sick. This yeah. is just cool. It's just, it's already cool. That's why I've been such a big proponent of the whole authenticity side of things is just keep it pure. Keep it exactly as is because it's already beautiful. It's already extraordinary. And sure, is it also a fucked up place? Absolutely. Is alcoholism rampant? Is divorce rampant? Is drug abuse rampant? Is suicide an enormous problem? I like. Are you talking about Wall Street or are you talking about the mining industry? Well, I mean, (laughs) because it's both. I mean, you know, it's everything. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's a brutal place and there's a lot to make better there, but at face value, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's, it's again, though, you have those issues anywhere. You have them in any industry. I I don't, I mean, how many lawyers or attorneys or stockbrokers or, you know, I know some big wigs at banks that are divorced drink a lot of alcohol, aren't super satisfied. Like it's, that is anywhere. And the fact that it has been given a stigma to the industry, whether it's construction, mining, whatever, um, most of the people that I have ever interacted with are happy, fulfilled people that love waking up and getting in equipment. Every once in a while, yeah, there's a guy that, you know, probably stayed out too late, you know, um, but you have that in any industry. Well, and I, I, so I grew up in Scottsdale and I go back every once in a while and there, there'll be these restaurants I'll go into and I'll, I'll just be kind of gauging the social temperature and listening to the conversations, seeing what's going on. And it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of bullshit. Um, and then I go out to a steel mill or a, a logging, you know, one of Bellwether's sites oh, or yeah. a, a coal mine. Those are the coolest sites to go on. And it's just, it's a, just a different a different vibe, a different feeling. It's different level of conversation, different yeah. level of caring between human beings. It's it is palatable. Yeah, how different it really is. And you'd think that wow, this high society thing. Those are the people that have figured out. And I just I I just question that. It's like these loggers in South Carolina, they've got something going on here. Yeah, and they don't have any of that. Yeah. It, you know, and I think you've seen a lot of this with veterans, you know, you do a couple combat um, tours with, with folks and they come back like brothers, right? They, mm-hmm. there's videos floating around LinkedIn right now that I've seen that these guys have gone 10 years and haven't seen each other. I don't know if you've seen these videos, these veterans mm-hmm. have gone 10 years and haven't seen each other. And all of a sudden that, you know, their spouses have arranged for them to miraculously meet. And it's like, they, it's like they're right back in combat and, sure. and they're brothers again. I've seen the same thing with guys that are on the same crew for a while, right? Maybe they're, maybe they're in Arizona and they do two years together, loader man, dozer man, or, or truck drivers. They go to different jobs somewhere and they reconnect later. It's like, like a brother. Two, two little schoolgirls yeah, a lot of times. It is Man. so cool. And, yeah. and a lot of these guys and, and gals live together. Um, you know, they're spending a ton of hours together and, you know, you, do you see that in an office environment? Like, oh, I used to work with this person and now we've reconnected somewhere and I see him at a restaurant. Like, I don't ever see the same spark 
It's like, oh, oh, I used to know that guy. We worked in the same office together. If those were two dozer operators that worked in the coal mines together, it would be a totally different experience. Yeah. You know, it's it's that shared struggle. It's that it's so human that you're struggling together, and it's like a first form. They do it by their through their workouts, yeah, and they create that. That's I think why they have one of the reasons why they have such a high level of camaraderie when you walk into their office is because people are working out together, struggling together, side yeah. by side. They're working hard. And we have that just naturally built into the mining industry, to the construction industry, to blue car trades. You're just naturally working hard, overcoming struggles with those around you. Yeah. And the the office world doesn't naturally have that. And so you just have a bunch of people that, so, you know, how are you doing today, Frank? Oh, I'm good, Bill. How are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty good. What are you working on over there? Oh, I, I got this big project. And it, it, you, don't, you just don't get that. Yeah, I totally agree. But totally. I mean, shit. We got this one coal mine the other day and they, the, the, this guy was so fired up. He was like, oh man. Yeah. It was like negative 30 degrees the other night. And one of you know, we had a problem with one of the drag line buckets. We had this big crack and everything gets so cold. It just starts to crack in weird ways. Got this big crack and we didn't want to, you know, usually you just leave it for, for the day shift, but we didn't want to do that. When, so we were out there for, 12 hours while it was minus 30 degrees and windy changing this bucket out. And by the morning we got that thing up and they, they wanted to tell us from A to Z how that process was. And then we were sitting there like, man, if only we had a camera there to just film the conversations and what these guys go through, because it's, that's a reality TV show I'd watch, you know, it's, it's cool. We've got plans. It's cool. We've got plans. I'm hoping you do because that stuff, and I, I've seen enough of it over the years to know that stuff. And I told our guys this back when we were at, at uh, Cupertino, when things were crazy, you know, people would not believe the stories. You just wouldn't. And I know you've made a couple of visits out there. That reality TV show would, would go bonkers yeah. on TV these days. Yeah. You know, if you, could, if you could do it in a way where obviously you need to keep people safe, you need to keep the client and the whole confidentiality thing secured. But if you can really show what the people are doing, what they're going through, the relationships they're building, the nicknames they give each other. <laughs> I could write a book just on the nicknames. I, most of them I can't repeat on here, yeah, but it's, yeah. oh, it's, it's, uh, it's just classic content. Yeah. Well, you, you, I, I remember when we first met, you were talking about that. You know, man, we can create this TV show and this and that. I mean, that's not a new idea. Yeah. Now it would be, I think it would be killer. Um, but again, it's, ha- and, and I know you probably struggle with this too. There's a million great ideas. Mm-hmm. There's a million different ways to go execute a strategy. Uh, I think there's a million ways to make the dirt world a better place. Let's pick a few of them, right? We mm-hmm. can't do all of them at one time. Yeah. Uh, there's only so many things that our company can do right now. I'd love to do, I mean, I've got a black book full of ideas. The organization can only chew through so much though. Sure. And you've got to pick and choose and then you got to go execute, uh, make a little bit of money because it's really hard to go scale a business without making some profit. Um, so make a little bit of money and then go fi- find some other, you know, strategies to go execute, but you can't do it all at once. Sure. That's, that's tough for guys like you and I that, um, you know, I'm pretty impatient and I don't like the ideas that sit on the table too long. We're, uh, we're still figuring that one out. Yeah. We're trying a lot of stuff right now. How many meetings have you came out of where your, where your team hears all of your grand ideas and they're like, okay, we heard all of Aaron's genius. What are we going to go do now? Like, which one's the priority? Well, and that's, you had a list of priorities. Where does this fit on my already full list? And I have to, I've learned to keep a lot of that to myself now yeah. because it's the, like Echelon Front, they teach prioritize and execute. You can't have multiple priorities. It needs to be one. And we're still not very good at that. We're yeah. still not very good at prioritizing. This is the clear priority here. So yeah, I've had to, I, I keep a lot to myself because yeah. it's like, I'm not going to tell you the whole big picture vision here because it's just, it's just going to be distracting to yeah. you and I need you focused here. Let me yeah. go think about the big picture stuff and be frustrated that it's not happening quick enough and yeah. I'll deal with that on my own. But we've, we've got big plans. I'm excited to see him. And, and I've told you this since the beginning. I remember our romantic dinner back in, uh, where was that? San Antonio or somewhere? Mm, New Braunfels. Uh, five, five or six years ago. And I was like, dude, this kid's, um, you know, I really think you're, I think you've got more genius 
than most people realize. You don't see it in social media. What you guys do, unless people really know you, and I'm not trying to make your ego any bigger, but unless people <laughs> really know you, they don't realize how special you, the ideas you have are in your brain. So there's no bigger fan that can wait to see what you're going to do. Our, my biggest regret, and I, I've never told you this, I was looking at your pictures out here on the wall and I thought about it. Uh, my biggest regret is the relationship that we had that, that we severed early sure. on. Um, I, would be, I would be really curious to see what it would look like today had we done something different. So yeah. one of my biggest regrets, really. Well, but we, at, at that point too, it was, it was, separation was good too because we would have just kept throwing gasoline on the fire. And hey, it, it worked out pretty well and we would have kept going in yeah. that direction because yeah. it was... It was, it was working. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys do because I'm a huge fan. And um, I think there's a market for it. I think the next thing that you're doing, uh, and I don't know how much you guys are already talking about it, but there's a huge market for it. I mean, it's going to be really cool, fun stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing it. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think of myself as all that smart. I'm just in a, I'm in a very fortunate place to be exposed to so many ideas and listen to so many people talk about the industry yeah. and see it from so many different perspectives that I can just take all of that information and put it and think it over and put it into cohesive oh, yeah. ideas and, and thoughts. And then, and then we have great people to execute upon it because I don't do shit. Well, there's, there's a quote and I'll botch it, but it's something like there's no better education than the experience of travel. And you get to travel a lot. You get to talk yeah. to a, real, a lot of really smart people with different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. That's so beneficial. I yeah. mean, it's so valuable when you, especially people that are in marketing and sales uh, or operations, like these people, they're big thinkers, a lot of them. And especially the company size that you're working with. I mean, these are smart people. So to get you know, little bitty pieces of the success ingredients is what I call them that, that goes into this pot that is Aaron Witt 20 years from now. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Well, stay tuned. I'll look forward to seeing that 1200 swinging. You need to take pictures of your hair while you can, because if you're going to continue to do this, it's going to fall out rapidly. I know. Well, but that's, Mine, you know, I wrote about that the other night is if I'm stressed and I'm really, a lot of people ask me, are you stressed? I'm like, I'm not really stressed because I have a lot of that is just our people, but I've also built people around me that I just wholeheartedly trust that they've got it, man. Like, uh, like Dan and Randy are, yeah, if I, I got hit by a bus tomorrow, we're good to go. There, there's somebody says like, it, you know, it's, it's only stress if you don't love what you do and that's fine. Sure, I agree with it. You and you're probably not stressed, at least in your definition. But pressure? Oh, there's. Oh, I to yeah. me and and in my world, um, because I'm pretty hard on myself, and we've got big goals. Like, I'd almost rather take stress than pressure some days because the pressure is big. It's yeah. real, right? Especially when you've got a lot of mouths to feed. You know, we've got a lot of people. Um, I we've made a lot of investments. There's a lot of people I don't want to let down. Um, and so. I don't think the industry talks anywhere near enough about pressure and anxiety. And I know you, you've sure. talked about it, you know, probably more than anybody, but um, it's, you know, it's real. And I think, I think a lot of people need to realize what the real purpose on earth is and don't get, don't, there's a guy that lives next to me. He always says, keep the number one thing, the number one thing. The number one thing is not the career. The number one thing is not the money. It's not the house. It's not the jet. It's not the car. It's not even really retirement. So many young people are like, if I could just get my house paid off and get to 60 years old and retire, no debt, that's it. I've made it. My life's good. Look at those people, though. Yeah. No, they're not all of them. Their life is good. So sure. um, that's, that's my little soapbox. You know, don't forget what the main thing is. Check. Well, my main thing is making as much money as possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your main thing. Yeah. I don't think that's your main thing. No, no, no. Um, all right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Is awesome. Um, yeah, we appreciate you. Love the office coming down here. Love the office. Checking really the cool. place out. Really cool. I can't wait to see Buildwit Office 2.0. Is this 1.0? Yeah. Or did you have a point one no, somewhere? It's it's always been my uh, my house, my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I but because you were you were in Arizona before this, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, but and worked out of my house for quite a while here. But it, 
2.0, I've got I've got big yeah. big plans. And then beyond I already have plans beyond beyond that. Well, it's, this is I mean, if this is 1.0, um, especially for somebody your age from scratch, this is as cool as it gets. I oh. mean, I there, like I told you before this, um, there's not enough people that have done something like this to appreciate what you've done. Even the people that work here, and I know you've got awesome people, um, to do what you've done in this amount of time at this age, coming from someone that's young and has had their fair share of uh, challenges, this is amazing. Like, this is really cool. Even if it all goes to zero next month, this is really cool. Appreciate it. I was uh, dealt a good hand. Yeah. So this is awesome. Making the most of it. No, keep it up, man. I love it. Big fan. Cool. Well, that's uh, Keaton Turner, everybody. <laughs>